everyone, we are back on a white pod. This time we're doing a relationship podcast because last week I did a single girl podcast. And even though last week, I don't think I was hating on relationships. I was more so speaking about being single, but I figured why don't we get the other side of the story and have someone who's a serial monogamist on. So this week we have my friend Kim Lugo on. She's a girl from Florida State that we went to college together. We had the time of our lives, but now she's been in three pretty much back-to-back serious relationships. So we're going to get her point of view. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thanks for having me, Chelsea. Thanks for having or making my podcast dreams come true. Oh my God. I'm so excited to have you on because you pretty much almost live the opposite life of me when it comes to relationships. I'm very flighty when it comes to relationships. I'm scared of commitment. I have this weird cynical thing that everything's going to end bad. I've luckily grown up a little bit from college, but there are a lot of things I think I could learn about being in a relationship, and I want to hear from you because you've been in them that you can tell us about. So let's go back to our wild days of Florida State. You were dating (laughs) someone. How long did you guys date? All right. So yes, I've been in, I'm a serial monogamous. I've probably been, I will say, in three serious relationships. Some might argue four, but that was from high school to college. I don't really count Mm, that. Super mature. Honestly, yeah, it doesn't count. So, um, yes, my first serious relationship was from Florida State to early 20s. We broke up when I was about 24 years old. Um, But that was my first serious relationship. So how long was that? That was... That was about four years. So we first started at Florida State. We met um, through, you know, Greek life. Uh, and after graduation, he graduated a semester before me. And my plan was, I wanted to move to New York. His sister actually lived in New York city. So, um, basically her and I teamed up. We're like, we're convincing him to move to New York. He had no serious plans and, uh, he moved up. I moved up a semester later and, uh, that's basically, that was the first one. Well, let's take a step back because four years is a long time to date in college. Like, the longest relationships I've known, they're married now and they were on and off all of college. Did you guys have on and off periods? Like what were some of the crazy times? Because we all know we were a little bit crazier years ago than we are now. So we were never on and off. So we dated from, um, two years. So my junior and senior year, and then my first two years in New York city or first, uh, yeah, about two years in New York city, two and a half years. Um, our first year, I will say, our first eight months rather, uh, were kind of your typical sorority girl frat boy relationship where he was like, oh, I really want to be with this person, but I also maybe 10% of me, 20% of me wants to keep my options open. Mm-hmm. And um, he would always like, for instance, like everyone knew we were together no matter what, but he had this strong connection with this one sorority was like, I don't want to call them out, but he, they, uh, he was like their, um, symbol man. I'll just say symbol. Cause symbol I don't want to call right. it the sorority, but he, um, always hung out with them and they certainly did not like our relationship, at least his close friends in that sorority. And during, uh, you, I mean, you know, I don't know if everyone else knows this, but when you're going through recruitment, all the other guys wear like the pins of other sororities and the girls got so like 
kind of terrible. It's way it's over psychotic. him. Yeah. That they like ripped off the Theta pin and threw it out and were like, fuck that. Or can I, I can say fuck right Yeah, you can say whatever you want. And they were like, fuck that. You can't like wear that pin. It's so freaking stupid. Long story short, um, because of that, he like even became more insecure about being with me, which I'm like, bro, you're lucky to be with me. Um, and he, I remember this one moment that his fraternity had this, uh, date function that like every girl wanted to go to. Um, and I was thinking like, well, we're obviously we're going to go. And he told me that he was going with his other fraternity brothers, their seniors, and they just want to go girlless. Well, of course we have sorority sisters that went and right away were sending me BBMs because back then no one texted. <laughs> what does BBM mean? Because I'm sure half of people listening A Blackberry know. Messenger. You had a very specific, unique identifier called a BBM pin that people would ask for when like when you met a guy, they're like, what's your BBM pin? And I'm they w- <laughs> I don't I don't even have this. Seriously? No. Oh my God. So I'm, I am a few years older than Chelsea. So I am dating myself right now, but everyone would exchange BBM pins and we'd BBM oh each other. God. It was basically like iMessage or like WhatsApp okay. in 2007, 2008. Um, <laughs> it's like 10 plus years ago. Exactly. We're BBMing it up. Exactly. So we're BBMing up and... Um, A sorority girl told you something Basically about that he was there with three other girls from the other sorority that he is friends with and that night I was like um absolutely not basically put down my foot I have a very polarizing personality I'm very strong I never really hold back what I'm feeling or thinking or saying and I was just like bro fuck you I'm the best you'll ever get I put up with your shit you you do put up with mine to a certain extent but at the same time like this is a give and take relationship I'm out of here. And he was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You know, like every fucking guy does stupid, like super stupid and just, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not like, this isn't how it was going to go. By the way, he had me come over when the date function was over to spend the night at the freaking fraternity house. Cause he lived in the house, of course. Um, and so I didn't find this out actually till like the next day when all the thetas were Got BBMing it, okay. me. And that's when I was like, absolutely not. So I put my foot down. Um, but of course throughout the like duration of fall because fall semester especially at Florida State is very lively everyone's just partying basically the entire time every day yep and it was it was a lot so I think he was basically scared to merge me into his life Mm -hmm. which by the way is like a theme with every guy no matter how old you are they're just basically scared to integrate you into their lives so he was scared he didn't know how to basically introduced me to his like party life and um he actually had the opportunity to do a semester abroad that was paired with an internship that he'd be gone for three months and I told him hey uh we're you're gonna be gone I think this is a perfect time for me to get over you um never talk to me again or if you do when you come back it's fine we're gonna like we can be friends but we need to like take this time apart and not talk to each other quick time out though were you guys fine like why would you want that for yourself because I feel like he was not a hundred percent committed he did think like he he held on to this like status with this other girl group if mm, you will right sorority um and he just kind of just wanted to I don't know like not move on from that and it's funny because I didn't I didn't hold him back from hanging out with them right he I just feel like if he was to be with someone else that it would it would like 
cut his arm off to that to that right. select group of girls. Um, and it's funny because I had friends in that sorority, so it wasn't like a big deal for me. We always hung out with them. It wasn't. It, he honestly, was just caring more about his. He was caring equally yes, about his status. Exactly. A hundred percent. And if you know Florida State, everything was about status. I think mm-hmm. we talked about this the other night. You know, if you're a bartender, if just basically everyone in Greek life runs everything, mm-hmm. and bartender status is like basically you're the pope at Florida State. No, if you're really like a, if you're like a bartender at Potbellies. Or at, back in the day, it was like 2020 or uh, Chubby's. Like, so, yeah. you know, he had this, basically he had this status that he didn't want to give up. And if you have a significant other or a girlfriend, like he w- thought he would give that up. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm amazing. More amazing than whatever status you think you'd be giving up. So if you, if you want to prioritize that over me, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit around and wait for you to... Basically come around after you graduate to grow up. Right. So. Wait, I want to pause really yeah. quick before we move to the, the study abroad moment. Where did this confidence come from that you were like, I'm not dealing with this because I dealt with this where I was like, it's okay. We're in college. We're learning. He'll get better. He'll grow out of this phase. And a lot of girls end up putting up with their shit. Where do you think this came from that you were like, absolutely not? I definitely am that kind of person. I give people the benefit of the doubt. I will wait. You know, it's not a significant amount of time, but a little period of time to like test the boundaries, see like how long can I put up with this, but also how long are they going to do this for? Um, I feel like the pivotal moment was realizing like there was an insecurity on his part and that I'm not, I, I'm worth, I'm worth more than that. And I'm not right. going to wait around for him to say like, oh, okay, fine. I'll be with you. Like, no, yeah. fuck that. Like. And it was a status thing for him. He's still with me 100%. It was just like his party boy. Right. And also at that moment, he also was doing like his senior lap. Mm. So it's not like he was doing anything significant as well. And so that's, I basically just put my foot down. Like I, I'm worth more than that. Um, I recognize that. And I just was ready to move on if I needed to. Got it. So then this study abroad moment comes and you're like, you know what? Let's see what happens. And he, like every other guy, flipped his shit. Like, no, my God, what? Well, I will preface with the fact that it was uh, starting Summer Sea at Florida State. (laughs) Summer Sea, for anyone that doesn't know, is like the party summer session like i don't even know what summer a and b are summer c is like everyone's having pool parties you're drinking every day you're it's going when like the new night. freshmen arrive it's, it's like spring break of the summer and it's for th- like f- how long like six, six weeks. weeks yeah six weeks so summer c is like a big deal it's like a known thing at florida state like if you're going to summer c you're going to be fucking partying exactly so i told him that whether if he was scared that of summer c or whatever it was he was just like no no no. i want you to be with me like please and i'd actually had already been planning like a trip abroad so i visited him abroad we solidified our relationship and after that we dated for three and a half years after that so it worked out from the study abroad it did let's talk about studying abroad because i studied abroad and almost Everyone that I was studying abroad with that was in a relationship, either A, broke up while they were over there, B, broke up with their girlfriends or boyfriends overseas the second weekend, or C, cheated. What was your thought process? Were you like, you know what, let's regroup after this, don't ask, don't tell, or were you like, 
check in with me every single night. I need photo evidence where you were. Like, what was that like? You are 100% on that. Because it's funny, the summer before I did semester abroad, and that's exactly how it was. I broke up with my boyfriend. Um, there is a couple that I know that is actually married now and these like, other significant other was cheating. Ooh. Like it, like you said, everyone was cheating, broken up, something went on. And honestly, like you don't blame other people. It like a semester abroad, like a whole other level of travel. Right. It like spring break times a thousand mm-hmm. basically for six months to three months or six weeks to three months. Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I hope I don't sound like a douchebag saying this, but I have a level of confidence where I just knew that he would not do anything. I There were times that I became a little tiny bit insecure and would question like specific things. Um, but other than that, I just knew that he, if I ever learned anything, that he was like, you know, cheating on me, that... I would end it, and I think he was more scared of losing me than having, like, a quick hookup, to be honest with you. That's the kind of good part about Greek life is there's eyes everywhere. So he probably knew, like, if I even try anything, Tim's exactly. going to find out. Exactly. And that's also the thing about Semester Abroad is a lot of those people are in Greek life. You're going oh, yeah. to find everything out. Like, Florida State has, what, 30,000 people undergrad, but if you're in Greek life, there's about 2,000, 3,000, and... That seems like a lot of people, but when you're only hanging out with the same, you know, two, three, four sororities, fraternities, you find out everything right away. Oh, yeah. And back then, uh, for those of you who don't know, like, there was no Instagram. It was only Facebook. And people really didn't talk shit on Facebook. But there was these message boards that were anonymous called College ACB. Oof. It was like a burn book online. Exactly. And everything was anonymous. Anyone could say anything. I was only on there once, and it was because my little punched me in the face when she was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But um, either than that, like, you know, people naturally want to tell secrets, Mm -hmm. especially when it's super juicy. I mean, that's why people are so into reality shows right now. So College ACB, ACB was exactly that, was like no one had a secret at Florida State because mm-hmm. everyone went straight to Flor- or to college ACV and would type it out and the world would know. And even if it was false or not, people would even write things that weren't true just to like stir the pot. Right. But for the most part, a lot of it had some backing to it. So just to give you guys some insight to this website got so bad that like people were dropping out of Florida State because how bad the rumors were. And then I think eventually like the government shut it down yes. <laughs> because it was affecting people's lives so much because to your point, people were making things up. So back then, because there wasn't Instagram and Snapchat and all this stuff, that really was like, if your boyfriend's going to cheat or your girlfriend, get ready because you're going to see it well, the next day. If you think about it like this, there was also no laws behind what you would say on the internet. Like the internet, so like true. this sounds so silly, but 2008, you know, anywhere between 2006 and 2010, it was so fresh. It was so new. There was no such thing as like bullying online. There mm. was no, like, that was the bullying, I guess, you know, there were no laws to protect anybody. So everyone felt that they could say anything and there would be no repercussions. Right. And so 
everyone did kind of watch themselves because they're like, I really don't want to end up on that website and get blasted. Yeah. Because that's what happened to some girls. And I know girls that dropped out of Florida State because like, this is so bad. Oh, absolutely. And so when it came to relationships and uh, college ACB, it was definitely like, if you were in there, your your man is quote unquote stepping out on you. Um, but if you weren't, you know, you're fine because no one can hold back anything, especially at Florida State. Like I said, huge, huge undergrad, but very, very small, great community, and people love to talk. So study abroad happens. Nothing goes wrong. You guys solidify your relationship. Do you decide – you said you talked to his sister, and we're like, we're basically getting him to move to New York. Was he – resistant to that was he like i don't like that you're like teaming up with my sister and like not letting me have a say or is he like yeah this makes sense like i like that we're all hanging out like how did that go so he was basically like okay yeah sure whatever which probably was my first red flag um he was just basically the kind of person who um his dad passed away when he was younger and his mom did everything for him and he basically just like went with he he thought he went with the flow but realistically like everyone around him just planned everything and he just like followed along um and I definitely fed into that aspect without realizing it um so yeah we moved to New York it was great I mean living in New York City so young was basically my dream uh it, we had a lot of fun but at the same time it was definitely like pushing something that I didn't want long term if that makes sense did you think because this is a common college thought I feel like like I have to move to a big city to show I'm successful and like live with my boyfriend and show that this is real like there is something about like we moved in together and we're in a big city right after college. We're definitely getting married. Like, was that a thought in your mind? Not now. No. Back then, absolutely not. Because I feel like people feel that way now because of social media. But keep in mind, back then, um, right. there was no Instagram. Right. Uh, Facebook, people were on it all the time. But it wasn't as – social media wasn't as large as it is now. So there, that actually was not a thought. Um it was more so of the... I think we moved just moved in with each other because it's New York City and it was expensive as fuck. Yeah. That's I'm, the only reason why we moved in together. Um, either than that, there was no... There was literally no method to the madness. Right. It wasn't like, I'm going to... To your point, I'm not going to share on Instagram stories. Like, none of that existed. Exactly. So, let's talk about the highs in New York. You move in. Were you... Was that the first time, I'm assuming, living with a boyfriend? First time living with a boyfriend. How was that? Oh God, it was, it was, (laughs) it was terrible to be honest with you. And it was, it was, had nothing to do with, um, living with another person. Cause keep in mind, I lived in, I lived in Theta. I lived in a sorority house with what? 60 other girls. Literally. That was, and that was fine. Um, but like I said before, he had his mom and his sister that took care of everything. This is a guy who lives in a frat house and his idea, he never washed clothes because he had pledges. Oh so God. if he ran out of clothes, he would go buy some more and he would have the pledges wash his clothes. And if they didn't have pledges, well, he didn't wash clothes. He threw them in a closet and would just go buy new underwear and new undershirts. So this was the kind of person I was dealing with. Oh God. <laughs> so living with him in New York where everything is very, very, very close quarters, 
I learned a lot about picking and choosing my battles. Um, and to be honest with you, I really learned that aspect after breaking up with him. But um, it it was very hard. And it was definitely the worst roommate experience I had ever had. That's so funny because a lot of girls think once we move in, that almost like locks in the relationship. Like, well, we're playing house now. This is exactly what it's going to be like when we live together. We might as well get married. But I feel like that actually is the moment you know, like, is this long term or not? Because you're not going on like fun dates and just hanging out watching movies. You're like, wait, I'm living, breathing, eating, sleeping every single day with you. Most people that I know that I thought were going to get married have broken up because they started living together. Absolutely. And I would, I actually want to take like a sidetrack there and say that I've had people tell me, I grew up in a very, very strong Catholic household. I have very, very conservative parents. Um, I don't share all of their views, but I do share a lot of them. I mean, I, I was late to the podcast because I was coming back from Ash Wednesday mass. Um, but my, the conservative aspect, um, there was something you'd said. I lost my train of thought. Just that when you live together, it's like you're getting married. And a lot of people think then now we're living together and now that's the next step. Yeah. And in reality, so, it breaks people up. Thank you. So with that, like, I, I think there's a lot of people that actually are like, no, I'm not going to get move in until I, I uh, have a ring have a ring, or I get married. The thing is, is you never, ever truly know someone. Even if you're married with them for 20 years. I Oof. know a girl who her father left her mother after 25 years because he was gay. He was gay the entire time. He actually had been having a affair the entire time. And, you know, after that, I was like, wow, you really never know someone. But if you can get to know them as much as possible, you move in with them. That is when you truly, truly know someone. I know another couple who is fairly new to marriage and um, they argue about like dishes and laundry and things like that. And I'm like, have you, did you not live together before? They're like, no. And I'm like, how how did you what no I would I would never do that and it's funny because I told my current boyfriend Mark I was like that is an absolute in our relationship we're going to move together or live together before we get married because we need as much we spend a ton of time together we actually do everything together sometimes I'm like we're a little too close (laughs) you know um which I love don't get me wrong but at the same time it's I even tell him, he's like, what do you mean? Like, we, we cannot live together before we get married. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like, you never really truly know someone until mm-hmm. you have to start splitting responsibilities. So, right. like, it's it's just a whole other level even of like, relationship status. And it's not even the cleaning part, to your point. It's like, if I have a really rough day at work, how are you going to handle it? Exactly. What about the bills and utilities? Like, who's taking care of that? How are you going to handle finances? Who's buying groceries? What who's if you lose this? a job, which I have been through with ex-boyfriends, and I lived with them, and that's a whole other level of of love that are you going to love someone when you have to pay their entire way? Mm-hmm. That's when you discover if you really love someone as well. Like, there's, oh, yeah. there's so many points to so many things. Um, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yes. So I think I think the whole living before mar- living with each other before marriage is a big deal. My mom went to a super Catholic all girls school as well, and she basically just said, I think they moved in after one month, and he proposed well, after three, three months. Right? I was like, what on earth? But she was like, <laughs> we were hanging out all the time. It was almost like I was spending the night there every night anyway. Like, why wouldn't we just live together and save money? Kind of to your point about New York, exactly. But then that's when she realized too. She's like, oh, there's no red flags. Like, this is fine. And so she's like, I would actually also recommend that even though she grew up in this super religious conservative household, she's like, 
you truly don't know how someone reacts to different situations. Again, not the like cleaning and cooking, like that's a big deal, but the little things like losing a job or having a bad day. Yeah. So with the New York uh, relationship, when did you see it start going south? Because you said you were there for what, several years? Yeah, so I, about three years. We were together in there for about three years in New York City. Um, well, let's be honest. Like, everyone knows when they're about to break up with someone, they, they know for a while. Mm-hmm. There's there's no surprise. And every, I've, it, I rarely hear, hear the case where, like, oh, my God, I was blindsided by a breakup. Oh, yeah. if, if that is the case, you've been dating for weeks, not years. That's you know when it's coming. I said that in my coming. last one. I was like, yes. you're not self-aware yes, you if you you're get right. blindsided. You're right. That's crazy. A hundred percent. So, um... With that being said, we just knew that, like, we were basically friends living together. Um, I, <laughs> like, I, we, at one point, we just didn't give a fuck living together. Like, I walked in on him, like, masturbating, like, to pornography because, like, we were not hooking up because I didn't want to hook up with him because I was mm-hmm. so disgusted with him. And he knew it. Um, we went out to a bar crawl called Santa Con in New York City, which is huge. Big like, party. Thousands of people go. And I was, like, making out with some guy while he was literally right next to me and, was, we just knew. And yeah. to be honest with you, the only reason why we, like, stayed together, quote-unquote, uh, as a couple, like, boyfriend-girlfriend status is because we lived together. And that right. was the only reason why. Um, and obviously, I kid you not, like, two weeks, maybe a week after that, I had a job opportunity to move down to South Florida and have a great job. And it was uh, midwinter in New York City. And I love New York to, to the, like... To the death. Um, I've been, I go to New York all the time. My mom goes up to New York every six weeks, but it was like, I'm a Florida girl at heart. I need my sunshine. I need to leave, especially in that, in that, um, relationship. Right. It was a huge escape. And honestly, like as shitty as it sounds, it wasn't out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I went down to interview, uh, I just told him, Hey, I'm going down, down South. I do have a job interview, but nothing's like solidified. And within a week, he went on Craigslist and found someone to move into the apartment that we were living in together. And oh I gosh. had nowhere to come back to anyway. So it was just like, all right, well, let's live yeah, by that. Exactly. Um, he actually, uh, when he realized that I was definitely not coming back, he begged me to move to New York or move back. He was like, I'm buying a flight right now. I'm going to come get you. And I was like, no. His friends were calling me, telling me, like, Kim, please come back. He, like, is devastated. And I even told his friends, like, let's be honest. I love you guys. You know us. Is this really a relationship right. that you want to be around? You don't. Right. Um, I He's a great person. Don't get me wrong. He's hilarious. He's funny. He's smart as hell. Partner. Somebody long, long term. Fuck no. And it's funny because his sister would always be like, what are you doing? How are you dealing with him? Mm-hmm. I, I cannot believe you're with him. That makes me think you're crazy. Right. Um, and then when I did break up with him, she blocked me on every, or I say everything, but really it was just Facebook back then. But she blocked me. And, you know, it. I understand why. we. I was very close with his family. Um, when I would go down south and not without him, mm-hmm. I would hang out with his mom and... So I do understand um, 
So that is the, the shitty part about relationships, mm-hmm. especially being a serial monogamer is you integrate yourselves with the family so well yep. and you just don't break up with the person. You break up with a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. that, it, there, there's a lot that goes with it. So from the relationship, what are red flags that looking back, you would have been like, I would have caught that sooner and maybe ended the relationship earlier. Um, I think, especially with this one, I back then was not a, a patient person at all. And like I had previously said, I'm a polarizing personality. I will say what's on my mind. So when I, when he would piss me off, I would automatically like go on the attack instead mm-hmm. of like stepping back and having like an adult conversation about right. what's pissing me off. Um, I will say that the one thing, my biggest takeaway was picking and choosing my battles. Mm-hmm. I was on his ass about every single little thing that he did, which still hindsight looking back was right. obnoxious and annoying. And at the same time though, I, you know, when you take a step back, I'm looking at him and he's a, a man child boy right. that was you know 24 25 years old let's be honest like men aren't men like even my mom till this day says that men will never grow up and my step's father who is my father is in his 50s like she right. just says like just be prepared for that like men are always going to be a little childish you know be patient with them so I'm dealing with a guy who's coming out of college, like, and right. I certainly was who's not basically patient. mentally like 21. Exactly. Um, so that's when I actually, I will say he taught me my biggest lesson was picking and choosing my battles. You don't always want to argue everything. If something pisses you off, like be a better communicator and say like, Hey, I don't like when you do this. If you could fix it, that would be great. And just try to help me out. Right. And, uh, that was my biggest lesson with him. So what's something that you liked about that relationship that then you took to your next relationship where you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep that pattern or thought process or whatever, like going. And on the flip side, what were things that you were like, that's an absolute deal breaker now that I'm looking for a new partner? So things that I took, um, was fun. He was super fun. He was also very, very smart. Um, I'm, I think they call like a sapiosexual. What? What is that? I think it's a sapiosexual. I could be saying this wrong, but it's someone who is sexually stimulated by someone's intelligence. Yes. Okay. Yes. I have heard this. Yes. I, that is me a hundred percent. I need someone who is super smart that can stimulate me intellectually. Um, and he would definitely question me in those aspects. Sometimes like the part of the downfall was that he would like be kind of condescending with Mm. some of his questioning right instead of like having a conversation like hey did you learn about like have you heard about right. this let me teach you instead he was like oh you don't know that right like, that's my biggest pet peeve by the way i hate that I hate like it makes like i have chills right now he's <laughs> like oh you didn't know that it's like no that's why i'm asking exactly like you know have a conversation about it. like teach people and i have to say that like sometimes i am guilty of that then i'd be like you don't know this right and then i actually realized that i'm saying like oh fuck i, right. I don't mean to be a douchebag like right. let me teach you so he he was opposite though and it's funny because his um one of his like best guy friends came through one of my best girlfriends who's a theta and um when we broke up and he was trying to get me back she said she goes i don't think you really understood how you made her feel when you would question her intelligence because Mm. she's one of the smartest people that I know 
And he's very, very smart. Right. Um, but he, because I wasn't as smart, or not that I wasn't as smart as him, it was more just so in a like. a different way. Exactly. That if I didn't know something, like I said, he would just be very conscious. It was like a power it. move. Instead of being like, let me lift you up and like teach you, it was like, I'm going to like flex on you. Almost. Exactly. So at the same token, the thing that I took away that I did not want in a relationship that was a red flag was a do nothing. He had all these amazing ideas of things that he could have done and wanted to do that, let me tell you, would made the kid a freaking millionaire billionaire. Right. But he never did anything about it. And it's funny, his sister said the same thing. Like, he's just a do-nothing. Like, you're saying, you have all these great ideas. Great, let's do it. Let's implement right. it. I am, that's the thing about me, which might be my biggest fault, is I'm a hard lover. If I find someone that I, like, really care about, really mm-hmm. love, really like, I will support anything you do. I will love you to a fault. Right. I will just do like anything to, exactly, do anything to really just like you said, back you up. And, um, he did nothing. Mm. And that was so like such a boner killer. That's wild. That is a a big turnoff because to your point, it's like, I see the person you could be. And if you don't see yourself, it's almost like a confidence thing too, that you're like, you're not confident enough to act on that. That's also a turnoff. And like, it's just like a wasted talent almost. Exactly. Exactly. And with me, like, it, it's sexy if you're, if you're intellectual stimulating, but I also want to see that you're a hard worker because mm-hmm. to that aspect, like I, I am old fashioned when it comes to my values in regards to a man taking care of a woman. And let me tell you, I, I have a great job. I've always had a great job. I am a very smart person. I'm a hard worker. Um, I've had, I've been in the position where I made more money than my significant other. Um, and you still want to be taken care of. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I still want to be taken care of. And I just did not see him in that light. I, I almost saw him like, I would always have to like, quote unquote, change his diaper. I would always like, if if we had children, exactly. If we had children, like he would not step up to the plate Mm. and don't get me wrong. I, I'm an older sister. Of, of three younger siblings that are significantly younger than me. And when they were born, I was about 10, 11 years old, and I had to step up to the plate and basically kind of like uh, get rid of the child right. aspect of my life and help my parents or my mom mm-hmm. because my dad, my stepdad, always worked. Right. And I was okay with that. So because of that, I am... I very much love taking the caretaker position. Right. If I, I will, I cook every single day, no matter what, whether I have a significant other or not, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. So I love taking care of other people, but I need to know that you're not a do nothing. Like you're going to step up. And if we have a family that you're going to work hard, that you're going to make something of yourself and that you're going to do something to, you know, contribute. Make, exactly. Exactly. Like, Make us have a great life. Because right. that's one thing. Like, I was very, very fortunate enough. My mom's a school teacher. Um, but she married a, an amazing man who, if there was anything I ever wanted in life, I was given it. Mm-hmm. I I did competitive cheerleading. I went on semester abroad. And let's be honest, like, those things could not be afforded by a school teacher. Right. But my stepdad really gave me everything that I wanted ever in life. Like, right. through my mom. And I want, you know, you always want the best for the next generation or the Mm -hmm. best for your children. So, um, I just didn't see that with my exes 
that they would step up and provide that for for my kids. Right. And to be honest, that's what's most important for me. Is Absolutely. I, I, I always want children. That's one of, like, I know you say, like, having children and getting married aren't goals in life. And it's not that it's my goal, but that's certainly, like, a bucket list item for me, you know? That is something that would be very important to you. That yes. if you're looking for a partner and you said, no, I'm not really into marriage or kids, then that's a deal breaker for you. Exactly. Um, so that was another, like, that was my main red flag because, like, I'm always going to be taking care of him Mm -hmm. and he... You're basically going to have another kid along with your husband. Exactly. I don't want to have to remember, man, five kids, just four. Yeah. Come on. Like, and that Do you know, before we moved to your next relationship, what your love language is? Yes. So, I did take the... It's funny that you asked that with my now boyfriend. I took the love language test. Um, mine is, um, uh, I bet you yours is either uh, acts of words service, of, words, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Okay, that's mine too. That is mine. Like okay. I said before, actually, like mm-hmm. I need to be told that I'm like amazing and, and it's funny because when I was given that, that, uh, when I took the test and was given that, I'm like, what? That's what? And then I thought about it and I was like, my mom always told me how pretty I was, how amazing I was. Like all these things when mm-hmm. I was a child that definitely shaped the way. Like that was her love language to me. Right. And I realized, I think that's how people are given their true. love language. Yes, that has was, to be it. Because with my current boyfriend, his is acts of service. Mm. And he, and it's funny because I made a joke to his mom the other day where I was like, he is not complimentary at all. And she goes, oh, neither am I. But, Mm. but she does so much for him. And And that's what he learned. Yes. And his is acts of service. And I, and like I said, I love, if I, I will take care of you to the core, I will do anything for you. As long as I know that you will step up to the plate. And he is a step up to the plate man. Right. So um, I uh, don't mind doing acts of service. And that is his act of service. Because that's how he receives love. love. And then the way you receive love is words of affirmation. Because my mom shaped me that way. Exactly. (laughs) And I wanted to bring that up because I think it will be an interesting theme as we look at your next two relationships. And for anyone that doesn't know the love languages, there's basically five of them. It's words of affirmation, acts of service physical touch, quality time, and gift giving. And the way you receive love is one of those. And we tend to also give love that way. And it's important to learn your partner's love language because they could have a totally different love language. I remember taking that quiz, doing the same thing, finding out my partners. And I was like, oh my God, I'm words of affirmation. So I'm always writing my significant other cards and notes and cute things. And he'd be like, cool, what is this? And then I realized his was like, quality time and I would give him a five minute phone call and he's like you just made my day I'm in the best mood and I'm like that's so interesting so I wanted to ask that so again we could like keep that in mind as we move through the next two definitely and it it, that hits home more so with my most recent relationship because I never took the test until then yeah and um it's funny because like you said like you know you spent time calling your ex-boyfriend and having that conversation but that doesn't mean like just because we have different love languages doesn't mean they can del- deliver in that aspect. Oh, yeah. And um, we'll talk about this later. But for instance, with my current relationship, we navigate those waters. His is uh, words of affirmation. Or mine is words of affirmation. His is acts of service. But we have different communication styles. So mm-hmm. with that also, also have to keep is how you deliver your love language. Yes. And that is just, it's, it's interesting. Exactly. Okay. So we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So 
what you were talking about earlier is interesting where you're like breaking up with the family and the boyfriend and the friends. And I'm like, that actually has been a bigger deal than I think people care to admit. It's like a divorce. Yes. Because I remember my last relationship, I remember his sister and I were same thing, very close. She would always look at my stories. His mom and I, like I wished her happy birthday and she wrote me a message back. And I was like, this is weird because I'm not still fully cut off from him. So there was this weird thing about moving on where I was like, oh my gosh, his whole family is still friends with me on social media. This is probably not, a, again, going back to like the time frame. Oh no, they not blocked me on Facebook. Okay. So after. Yeah. I'm curious, how did you get over him that you were ready for a new serious relationship? And like, were you anticipating that next relationship to be that serious? So like I said, I kind of was just, I knew that it was over. So when I came back to Florida... I was ready for something new, fresh. I like knew I didn't want to be with him. And let's be honest, like you said, you you lack self-awareness in your last podcast. You lack self-awareness if you don't know that like a breakup is coming. Uh, we all know a breakup is coming or we feel a certain way. Both partners feel it. You just know it's going to happen. Um, so when I came back, I was in Florida. I was feeling fresh. It was 80 degrees down here. It was January. So in New York, it was like 14 degrees. I was living the life, hanging out with also my best friends because in New York, I had, there, there's a ton of Florida state graduates. You, you know, you do have a support system up there and there's a lot of people that you meet, but they weren't like my best, best friends, people that I grew up with, people I was in theta with. And all of those friends were down in South Florida. So, um, I came home and I was just like feeling a whole, just basically myself right? for the first time in a long time. Like I wasn't tied to this person I didn't want to be with. I was tied to my friends who I didn't want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just felt like I was living this new life in South Florida. Cause keep in mind when I moved, I I'm very young for my grade. So I did not turn 21 until I think right before my senior year. So I never really experienced South Florida or Miami. Right. Like at all because I moved to New York right after. So this was just like this whole life I was living. And when I broke up with my ex, um, I basically just wasn't expecting anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I went out with uh, another Theta and her boyfriend at the time. They just started dating and he was bringing out his coworker and we went out to a very famous club called Live. There was Everyone a- knows what Live is. Like I, <laughs> I think I've been in Miami twice, and I still know what Live is. Exactly. Like it's. I think it was like the one of the best clubs in the world. It's always rated. Who knows? But um, went out to Live. He brought out his coworker, and again, I was not expecting anything. But basically, like two weeks after I was like single, I was dating this guy, which is not ideal. I definitely should have taken my time. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was, you know, looking for something that I didn't receive in the previous relationship, which is, I feel like a lot, a, a story for a lot of women and mm-hmm. even men that, that occur. But, um, but yes, I basically jumped in from one relationship to the next with that one. And that actually has been one of like my, not to say that it was a terrible relationship at all. Cause it really wasn't. It definitely was one of my best, especially in comparison to the previous. Um, however, it was definitely one of my biggest regrets. Not giving myself time to really discover myself as like a young girl in her right. early 20s. And the whole cliche of like, you know, giving yourself time. And yeah. I did not do that. I hopped right into this relationship. And a lot of it had to do with him being a very, very nice person. 
So that's something common for a lot of people that they're like, I either want to fill a void or I don't really care. I'm just trying to get over this last guy or like, it doesn't matter. I know who I am. This guy's just great for me. Was there a part of you, like looking back, you're saying now it was a regret. In that moment, did it feel like that? Or you're like, this just feels really right. Like I don't even question it. I definitely had a voice and I, I won't call it a red flag. I will call it a voice in the back of my mind that was telling me like, Kim, come on, like, you should be taking the time, this time for yourself. Keep in mind, I was coming from a guy who, like, my love language is words of affirmation. We just said that. I was coming from a guy who just, I needed to take care of every aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. Like, words of affirmation were non-existent to him. I didn't hear anything. We would go on Valentine's Day, and it was just like, oh, wait, we're going to dinner? Because I would freaking plan the dinner, you know? Right. Um... To going to a person who is just like, you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. I like wanted to do everything for you. And he was very, very sweet. So I think that I, again, I knew in the back of my mind, like, Kim, take your time. But at the same time, I was like, I was young. I was 23, 24 years old. And I was discovering this like, basically kind of a level of guy that I never knew that existed. Cause in right. my mind I went to Florida state. I was like, surrounded yep. by all of all of these frat boys who mm-hmm. were basically just like my, my ex, my first ex we'll call him. Um, so I didn't know that like there were other guys out here that were nice and that were like complimentary and that will take you out on dates and do all these things so it was very nice and I was totally for it and I was like, screw it, let's do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to jump, you know, face first, head first into this relationship. Well, I feel like that's, everyone does that where you use your last boyfriend as a benchmark for your next boyfriend. So stupid. So to your <laughs> point, you're like, I was basically his mom. We weren't going on dates. We weren't even having sex. It's like to the exact opposite. Yep. It's like, no wonder you were like, well, let's just pull the trigger. Like I'm getting everything that I wanted that I didn't see my last relationship. Like what could go possibly wrong? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so what could go wrong? <laughs> so you go, you jump in. Did any of your friends or anyone say like, Kim, I think you're moving too fast. Or are you just like, I don't really care what you think. Yes. Um, my first friend who, you know, Kelly right away was like, you're a fucking idiot. Like you need to take time for yourself you need to take a step back. You've never been by yourself, really. Um, you just need to, like, see what you actually want. And I was just like, you're just being a fucking hater. Like, shut the fuck up. He's a nice guy. And right. All of my friends did like him. Like, they didn't know him, like... He wasn't a bad guy. No, not at all. And that was also the issue. Mm-hmm. Not that he wasn't a bad guy. It was that he was, like, overly nice. Like, right. The overtures for myself and my friends, it was just, like, too much almost. But right. because I had the complete opposite of, like, no complimentary status, if that makes sense, I was looking for that so right. much that it, like, meant the world to me. But to everyone else, like, from the outside looking in, it was like, okay, Kim, like, this is a bit much. Like, guys can be like this, but let's take a step back and maybe you should, like, chill for a second. Right. Was there a part of you that because your friend said that you almost wanted to prove them wrong? Like, no, I'm going to show you, like, I can work with a guy like this. Like, this is my life. I'm going to do what I want. Oh, 100%. Um, mainly because that's just, like, also my nature. Like, if someone's going to tell me that I can't, I'm going to fucking do it. Right. So you were like, oh, that's funny. You guys think that I can't be with him. Like, <laughs> I'm going to definitely be with him now. So 
it sounds like in the beginning it was very nice giving you those words of affirmation. So that was probably like a huge deal for you. Yes. What else? Because like to me, after three months almost, you you're like, okay, I can see this is gonna work out long term. What else was like a positive that you're like, okay, I can like keep this going. Like I'm actually gonna like be in a serious relationship. To be honest with you, nothing. Nothing. Him just telling me I was wonderful all the time, which as terrible as that sounds, was at that moment enough for me. And it's almost what I needed. I went, mm-hmm. I, went I was with someone for four years that told me nothing. nothing. So I, I needed, because my love language is words of affirmation, I kind of needed that. So it becomes, you guys dated for how long? The second one? Yes. X number two. Uh, for three and a half, four years. So at what point, because to give you some insight, I, the longest I've dated anyone is a year and I never get past that year. And if if anything, this sounds really bad. And I talked to my therapist about this. (laughs) I was like, I almost feel like there's this weird benchmark with time where you're like, if you hit a year, then it was a really serious relationship where looking back, I'm like, I should have ended a lot of these relationships, like four six maybe even eight months in but I was like I have to hit that year mark we need to hit a year after a year everything changes when like looking back again it's like "Mm, maybe not so for you getting past that year mark the honeymoon phase is over you're done doing all these like fun dates and this and that well I guess was it over for you the honeymoon phase like how long was your quote-unquote honeymoon phase I would say probably after a year and a half two years then I started seeing a different side of him um aside that like I definitely like didn't align with the person that I was it was more so about his attitude um before we actually met very shortly before we met he uh, suffered a significant loss in his family his mom and he was a mama's boy so I think I definitely filled a void for him Mm -hmm. so after a year and a half two years you know, I covered the happiness for that long. It, I was a band-aid, if you will. Right. And he was certainly a band-aid for me, let's be honest. Um, so after that, he became just a different person. Um, and his mental status, like, I mean, I lost a parent. So I completely understand what he was going through. But uh, I took care of it. I went mm-hmm. to therapy. I, I did whatever I could to to not just put a band-aid but alleviate the pain that I was going through because it it is a significant loss right um and uh I think one of the things you said like what is what was the red flag or what yeah like when is your honeymoon phase over you're like mm, so I think he eventually realized that the I not realized I was a band-aid because I he definitely cared for me mm-hmm. but that the hun- after the honeymoon phase ended um a, a ton of realities set it in for him and as well as me mm-hmm. I was like all right I'm over this words of affirmation like is this someone I'm gonna see myself with for the rest of my life um his family honestly I did not like at all my more my morals did not align with theirs I hated them I hate to say it because hate is such a strong word but I did I hated them and I It got to the point where I was like, I am, I would never leave my children alone with them. But because he was such a nice person and such a good person, and also like his morals didn't align with theirs. A lot of times he, he would actually say something and I'd be like, that's actually a very ignorant statement. Right. Have you ever thought about X, Y, Z? And he was so open to what I had to say. And he would say like, Kim, like you've opened my eyes to 
other possibilities and I, I was an ignorant person before. And that was another part that was attractive, that he right. was open to seeing other aspects. Because let's be honest, especially in this like political climate, people are so stuck in their ways. Oh, yeah. I certainly am for yeah. certain things. So, um, you know, that part was nice. So I think because of that aspect of his personality, I kept around a little, and by a little, I mean a lot longer than I probably should have. Did you guys live together? Yes. How long were you dating before that became a thing? A year. Um, and because I lived with my previous boyfriend, I told him I did not want to live with him. And he begged me to live with him for a very, very, very long time before they finally moved in together. It was actually a year and a half that we were together. Um, and finally I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll move in together. And that was not a good idea. And why was that not a good idea? Uh, well, I guess it was a good idea in hindsight because, you know, when you move in with someone, you just learn who they are really. You know, when, if you're pissed off, you get, at, when you're dating someone, you get to go home and be pissed off at your, at your house and scream and bitch and do whatever you gotta do. And you're probably texting him what you have to say. And for me, taking the time to like write things out mm-hmm. is definitely a lot more beneficial for my relationships oh, than it is to just be blurting it out when you're pissed off at them. But when you're with someone 24 seven and they're right there, like you have to just say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe you saw, I guess one of the things I talked about my last podcast, my last podcast that I haven't talked about before is like, really when I started reflecting on my past is like, I can't blame everything on everyone else. Like all the like, Oh, I just like fuck boys are attracted to me. Like what's going on? (laughs) It's like, no, at some point, like I have to take responsibility that I let these people into my life that I didn't cut it off earlier that I let them stick around for six months. Was, what was something in that relationship that you were like, you know what? I should have taken responsibility for that sooner or like cut it off. Absolutely. So I think it was, in our relationship, there was a pivotal moment. Basically, we were talking about getting married. We had been together for three years. It was I we were I, I was approaching my late twenties. You know, everyone's questioning like when you're in relationship. Go ahead. How much older was he than you? I'm just trying. He to was get... a year younger. Oh, he was. And a year that younger. was the okay. first person I ever dated that was younger than me. Okay, so you guys are both in your late twenties talking about marriage. Yep. So, at that moment, there was a moment for me where I just was questioning like is this a person that I do want to be with for the rest of my life and when I look at that I look at all facets not just the person Mm -hmm. but their family I come from a kind of a small family I cut my divorce my parents were divorced so I come from a divorced background and because of that in my mind I've always wanted to be part of like this one family where my mom and my significant other's mom are hanging out and we're mm-hmm. all hanging out and like having Thanksgiving together. And cause mm-hmm. I never had like a big family Thanksgiving and right. I don't know what it is. It's just like something I've always wanted, yeah. you know, like I want to get along with my significant other's mom. I wanted to get along with his family. Um, I want them to love me like their own. And there was this one holiday that we spent with my at that time, boyfriend's family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my dad. My dad was really sick at the time. He was basically on his deathbed. And I sacrificed the time with my dad to be with my boyfriend. And um, 
there was a few things that happened where um, his nephew, and you can edit this out if you want to, but his nephew and I were playing in the playroom with the kids and that was the first red flag was that I'd rather be hanging out with the children than with the adults because they would say the most ignorant, like racist things. And I was just like, Oh God, this is not what I want to be around. And I was sitting there talking to his nephew and I was like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he goes, I want to be a football player. And someone chimed in and goes, well, he was a blonde hair, blue eyed kid. And someone chimed in and goes, well, you're not dark enough for that, honey. And in that moment, I was like, that's how you teach racism. That's how you teach insecurity. Um, I will never allow my children to be alone with these people. And that was like the very first red flag. The second was when the families are shouting at each other at the Christmas dinner. And again, I was sacrificing the time with my father, who was literally on his deathbed, died seven months later to be with these people who just... Everyone go. Every family goes through a tough time. I completely right. understand that. Like, I will never discount that they went through a tough time. At that point, though, it had been like years that their mom had, their matriarch had passed right. away, and it's just. I also look at like how are your how are you and your family going to handle something, and how are you going to handle that around my kids? Right. And how they handled that, like people were cursing in front of the kids. People were being racist in front of the kids, and. I was just like, mm. I'm not going to really allow my children to be around your kid right. about your family. And I want us to be able to go on a date and your sister to watch our fa- like right. our kids. And I don't trust them. No. So right then is basically when I decided. I think before then I knew I didn't want to be with him for the rest of my life. But I was like, okay, this is it. But he was still such a good man. And then I was like, but, but like, yeah, could so we almost, ostracize his family? You do marry the family. Exactly. Especially if, I guess it's. That's subjective. You marry the family if they're close to their family. But if he is going to Christmas dinner, he is going to Thanksgiving, you're obviously going to have to do that. It's not yep. like he like was excommunicated from his family and didn't speak to them. Absolutely. Um, and he saw how I reacted after that. And he was like, we don't have to be around them. We don't have to do anything. And again, I was, I'm a part of a small family. I want... I, I want... Whoever I'm with, I want to be part of their family. Mm-hmm. Like... On both sides. I want him to be part of mine and me to be part of his. Um, Quick but, question. If the, if we took the family out, let's say his family was great and his, they didn't say anything racist, their kids were amazing, everyone loved everyone, do you think that would have changed the relationship? So, funny that you asked that because that is the next thing I was going to. So, he was a great person. Um, could I picture myself being with him for the rest of my life? Possibly. Only because he was just so great. Like, he was... Like, he definitely gave up a lot of himself to make myself happy. And I definitely appreciated that. But there were also things that he did that I didn't like. So, for instance, I live a very, like, health-conscious lifestyle. I work out all the time. I love doing that. Um, When I lived in South Beach with him, for instance, I did Pilates. I did spin class. I did bar and I did cardio all the time. And if I was going to the class, if it wasn't raining, I would ride a bike there. For him, I was like, hey, let's... I had a bike subscription, by the way. When you live in South Beach, you live in a small apartment. You can't afford to give up right. square footage for a bicycle. Mm-mm. So I had a bike, a bike subscription. And I was like, hey, 
why don't we go for a bike ride? Like, look, go running with me, do this with me, do that with me. And he just was, did not want anything to do with an active lifestyle. So that was like one of my first things like, okay, well, you know, that's huge in my life. That's something that I want my significant other to be part of. I want to do things with him. And I realized that we were doing things apart. And for me, I'm like a firm believer that, again, this doesn't work with everyone, but Mm -hmm. for me, opposites do not attract. Um, I need someone to be just like me, but with very, very different similarities. So like, for instance, like my current boyfriend, we, I say we do things together. I will, um, online shop. I will research things about skincare at the same time that he's playing video games, but we're hanging out together and we're having conversation. Right. So I want my significant other to do like, do a lot of the things that I love to do with them, but also have different interests that we do together. If that makes sense, like separate, but together. Yeah. So with that particular boyfriend on my second, he just, a lot of his interests did not align with me at all. We didn't really share a lot of similarities and Later in the relationship, after he, you know, gave me all those words of affirmation and I got out of the honeymoon phase, I was like, well, shit, what do we have in common? You know, Mm -hmm. the one thing that we did have in common was sports. I love football. I'm Mm -hmm. a huge football fan. However, he went to a college that is not a big college football um, school. Right. And when Florida State would lose and I would like basically lose my fucking shit, he would tell me to like grow up, get the fuck, like, get it together. What the fuck are you so sad about? And I was just like, first of all, you're fucking jealous because you never went to school as good as Florida State, so fuck you. <laughs> but you're as you can like, tell by yeah. my passion, you like... getting angry. <laughs> as you can tell by that passion, I was like, fuck you. Like, I need yeah. to be with someone that went to Florida State. Um, or a big football school. Yeah. But there was, you know, what I realized is... I know in every relationship you do have to compromise, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to sacrifice yourself. Right. And what I've learned little by little going through all my relationships is not sacrificing myself. And I have a little more, the more that I get older, the less I'm sacrificing. So, um, between this boyfriend and my current, I actually went on quite a few dates. It was my first time in the Bumble I only did Bumble. I was not going to do Tinder. I was way too scared of that. I'm not a good dater. At that point, I really had only been with two men in 10 or at that point, like nine years. And I was very scared to date. Like Mm -hmm. I'm very confident in who I am. I I'm social. I I'm in sales. So I know I can talk to people, but it was more so in this like new atmosphere of like, do I want to be with you? Do you want to be with me? Um, so when I did enter that realm, I, told myself I would be very decisive. Right. And I would say, you know, if I saw any sort of red flag of things that I did not want, I would cut it right there. So you learned that between your second relationship and your third? Yes. Like I did not want to waste any time, basically. Got it. I would I would not wait for someone to come around to maybe possibly like something I like or dislike it that I was just gonna right away nip it in the butt. Okay. And I want to talk about something you just said this sacrifice versus compromise because that's something I still learn and I think that's part of why I'm scared of relationships because I am like, I am older now. I just turned 28. Like, I do have my ways. Like, I like things. 
I'm not even that particular. I'm just like, I'm so set with like my routines and what I like to do. And there's some days where I'll watch reality TV for six hours. Like what is going to happen if I, if I get in a relationship, like there's a part of me that thinks when I get in a relationship, I'm giving up my freedom with you. It sounds like you were learning that through relationships. Like, okay, what can I actually give up? That's not like giving up my identity versus I'm sacrificing for the better of our relationship. Like, where do you find that balance? Because to me, that's really hard. And I know even people I know are like, well, no, I'm not giving that up. Like, that's just me. I'm doing me. He better respect me. He better love me. And then the relationship falls apart because it's like they never even compromised. That's such a big issue. Exactly. So what I found was in every person, there's some, everyone is who they are, right? Um, And that's just always who they're going to be. If you have to sacrifice a little bit of that, then that's just not the person for you the person should acclimate to that. So for instance, when I said like, I, I don't think opposites attract, it's because for me, I want to find a partner. Again, that doesn't mean everyone, everyone might need the opposite to balance their life out. But for me, I need someone who is going to match who I am and not acclimate to my lifestyle, but basically like be that person, mm-hmm. but also have some differences so we can have a little bit of separatism. Right. Cause I do feel that you need alone time. Mm-hmm. You need to have your own thing, but I do think that a significant part of your life needs to align, be, especially when you're living with someone and sharing a life with them, you need to be able to enjoy 80% of your life, you right. know? So for instance, like I was saying with my ex-boyfriend, I was exercising a lot. I was riding a bicycle. I was eating healthy Mm -hmm. and he would just complain about that shit all the time. And I'm like, well, these are things I'm not willing to sacrifice. This is who I am, you know? And so that's what I mean about balance between sacrifice and compromise. Things that you compromise are like leaving the toilet up. Right. But when, if you are living a healthy lifestyle because you don't want to, you know, for instance, like my father, a lot of the, the doctors, when he passed away, I was asking his doctors, like, what can I do to prevent this? They had right. no idea, but they said it has to do with your environmental factors around mm. you, the things you ingest. So I became very crazy, if you will, about my diet and what mm-hmm. I am ingesting. And my ex-boyfriend was not too supportive of that. But my current was like, I told him I gave him a reason why. And he's like, shit, if you have a reason why, I'm for it. Let's yeah. do this. I'm with you 100%. You know, um, what's something in your current relationship that you think you've compromised or sacrificed on to help the relationship? Um, I won't say that I compromised or sacrificed anything. I think I've learned a lot about myself in regards to communication style. Okay. So one thing when, okay. So I guess fast forward through the, the last relationship, like I said, I went on a bunch of Bumble dates and dates that I actually, everyone knows when you break up with someone, you get rid of their pictures on Instagram Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the swarm of men come like rolling through your DMs. So I went on dates with guys that I knew and guys that I didn't through Bumble and I basically probably eliminated like so many guys just on the first date alone. I just knew. Um... My current boyfriend, how we kind of reconnected, I knew him for, through Florida State, so I've known him for 10 plus years. Um, he was in a fraternity that I hung out at all the time, so I was very fam- not very familiar with him, but I knew exactly who he was. 
Um, at the time I was traveling a lot and I landed in a city that he happened to be in. And when I landed, I was like, shit, let me see who's on Bumble. I was very new to Bumble. I started swiping. He was the very first person that popped up. That's and so funny. right when his a photo love story. And I know. And that's so weird for me because I'm not that kind of person at all. I, I really don't. It's funny. As, as much as I say that I'm confident and I'm outspoken, I really don't put myself out, like, out there like that mm-hmm. in the aspect of like online dating. I would have never thought that right. I would like find someone that I love mm-hmm. through that. And I still don't count it in that aspect because I met him yeah. in college. But anyway, as his, as his profile popped up, I get a notification from Instagram that he requested to follow me. Mm. So we, I obviously followed him back. I we would make chit-chat here and there. And um, long story short, all of a sudden we were talking till 4 a.m. for multiple nights in a row. Oh, wait, wait, you mean talking, texting, talking, FaceTiming, talking, calling? Texting at first. Okay. Texting at first. Um, till 4 a.m. multiple nights. And, uh, the first thing he said to me, which is kind of what I'm circling back to is I guess there, there, you know, there's always a pivotal or like a moment in everyone's like initial talking when you're Mm -hmm. like talking to someone, there's a moment that crosses over to like, Hey, this is someone that I could be friends with too. This is someone I think is going to be something a little more than just a friend. Right. And at that moment, we definitely felt at the same time, he basically texted me and was like, uh, or sent me a voice note and was like, Ooh. just so you know, because you're sending texts and voice notes. So like adult. I know. We still do. <laughs> I've never done that. But for the record, ladies, voice notes are amazing. Oh, um, especially if you do through iMessage, because if you want to talk shit about someone, they disappear. <gasps> Great tip. Hot, hot yes, tip of this podcast. It is. That is the hot tip of the, this podcast. But anyway, so we were sending each other. He sent me a voice note and was like, just so that you're aware, I'm a terrible communicator. And to you, were you like, <gasps> red flag, red flag? Or are you like, you know what? That's fine because I can deal with this. Uh, neither. <laughs> I was overly confident. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, honey, I am used to men telling me how amazing I am. Uh, I'm going to get you to tell you how amazing I am in a few short months. And so you almost took that as like, because you're so bad at communicating and I'm so outspoken and communicative <laughs> that this is almost like a perfect match. Oh, and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was wrong about that. Not that we were not a good match, obviously. Just about me. The thought process. Yeah, about like, oh, you're a bad communicator. It's fine. I'm going to get you to get over that. Right. That, like, like, I'll change that. Exactly. And I got this. Doesn't like, matter. No. Okay. No, no. Did not work out. So. <laughs> in that essay. So he says this. And you're like, that's totally fine. I don't really care. When did this start becoming an issue? Like, were there things where you're like, oh my God, this, he actually is such a bad communicator. Like, how do I deal with this? Like, how did you move forward with that statement? So it's funny that you say that even like, how is he a bad communicator? Um, I actually don't think he's a bad communicator at all. Even like till this day, it's just that he communicates in a different way Mm -hmm. that women are not used to. So for instance, like we were, we've been talking about, I'm words of affirmation for him. He is completely acts of service. So because of that, his love language, the way he delivers is through acts of service, which I actually appreciate way more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I don't like it's it's it has been definitely there's been a few barriers um and he does communicate well verbally but I don't know it's been certain instances that we've just had to overcome certain things and just talk them out and also like through acts of service explain like hey this is how it, I don't know it, it's been hard it's been hard I will say that Let's go back to the beginning. How long were you single from your last relationship to this one before you guys were serious? I was, I will say probably about eight months. Eight months. Okay. Eight months. So then you start dating him. And to be fair, before that, not to interrupt, but before yeah. that, I probably six months before I ended the relationship with the ex-boyfriend, I knew I wanted out. I had already signed a lease somewhere else. Um, without him knowing, like it was a months long process knowing that I was going to be out of there. Most of the time in uh, yeah. any breakup, you're mentally checked out like a, a minimum a month before. Exactly. Like, I even remember my last relationship before I went on this trip to Greece with all my friends. There was this part of me that was like, I don't even care what my boyfriend thinks because we're going to be broken up by then. Exactly. Like, that's crazy that I thought that. Oh, and, But I was like, it's going to be done. And to speak to that, there was one point where I think he was trying to salvage our relationship. And I think he uh, thought that maybe an engagement would be the way to do that. So he asked me what kind of ring I wanted. Ooh. And I sent him a photo of a ring. And in my mind, I thought... Um, well this, I'm going to send him a picture of this ring cause this isn't, isn't the ring that I want. And I'm going to reserve the ring that I want for the husband that I really want to be with. So it's crazy. Like, you know, way before you actually like have that talk that you're oh, like, yeah. this isn't actually the guy. Oh yeah. And in that moment, like after I sent him, I was like, this is really fucked up. And I remember like texting one of my best friends. I'm like, I need to talk to you right now about what just happened. And she was like, you need to dump him immediately like if you feel this way obviously like you do not want to be with him like I didn't even want to like give him the ring I wanted because I wanted to reserve that to my for my real partner right and you already had that thought it's like you were excited to send it you're like oh can we just see you're like "Ah, it's almost like a like a weird like barrier to like actually not be with you for the rest of my life and honestly I was just sending so I like didn't have want to have the conversation of breakup I was just like oh my god here you go right let's move on no one wants to no one I I talked about this in my last podcast too no one is stoked to break up even though you're like this is not the guy for me Mm -hmm. I don't like his family I don't like these traits about him we would never end up together it still sucks to have that talk exactly no one's like amazing can't wait for that day (laughs) never it's always it's always tough and I will have to say because I was so over it like I didn't go through this period of like oh my god come back to me nothing thankfully I've never had like actually gone through that in a breakup um but at the same time it still sucks mainly because you just like missed having the companionship and like yeah you know you become friends with this person you miss that friendship there are times where I broke up with a girlfriend I right and I think of something and I'm like oh I want to text them and you're like oh but right you but broke up like, with them for a reason exactly you know? it is weird because you do go from literally almost like being attached at the hip to absolutely no communication yeah like, this is weird like I was dating uh, like a mirror or a, an extension of myself that is gone like I'm not going to talk about music or interests or tv shows or sports like that's gone yeah and you have to like find a way to move on and so it sounds like you did but what was it about your current boyfriend it, it, you guys met on mumble but you knew him already what was it about him though again going into this serious thing because a lot of people will date and they're like after two or three months like mm, this isn't the guy for me 
Um, he has to have these really specific traits or qualities or this job or this and that, whatever it is. What was it about this one that you're like, I can see this actually being real? Yeah, so I don't even think I've ever told him this, but there were several things. So before I you know, said you don't have to sacrifice yourself, like – like you, like you just said, this person should be an extension of who you are. Um, I was really into fitness. I wanted someone who's going to match that, like want to encourage me to work out on the days that I'm like, I want to sit around and eat oatmeal cream pies all day. You know, like, um, I remember this one time that he like really didn't want to work out and I texted him and I was like, or he texted me, it's like, Oh, I don't want to fucking work out. I'm like, well, you'll, you know, you'll always regret not going, but you'll never regret going. And he like in that moment was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And he worked out and ever since then till that day, like always tells me like if I'm like, you know, feeling lazy, like, oh, remember that quote? You always, you you always reg- regret going. He always fucks it up. Yeah. He never says it correctly. <laughs> but, but to, you know, to his point or to what I'm trying to get to is that um, his lifestyle choices are exactly what I want. He works out. Um, he is okay with my crazy, you know, no dairy and no meat, no plastic, no, basically anything that I like think is healthy for us. He doesn't question. He just says, okay. He makes me feel confident in the, in that aspect. Um, he, if I am having a lazy day, he encourages me to like get up off my ass and do something. And that's exactly what I would say to him. Um, one thing that I had said before is like words of affirmation making me feel wonderful and saying things to me even when they're not true. Um, we're equals in our relationship. I don't have the upper hand and neither does he. He, you know, we're both completely in charge of one another. And there are times where I lift him up if he's feeling down and he certainly lifts me up. But we're also like no bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that this is actually like my first relationship where I've never been uh, all, like on a, put on a pedestal, and I at first I was like, "Well, shit! Like this is this is new. This is definitely right. a rude awakening." But then after a while, I was like, "He's he challenges me." Um, like I said, I'm a sapiosexual. I think that's how you say it. Where I need like intellectual Close stimulation. Enough. Right. Um, and previously said, and my ex boyfriends gave that to me. You know, they were smart. They they had all these ideas, but they never did anything. Um, with my current boyfriend, he is such a hard worker. He leaves work, you know, he leaves the house super early in the morning. One thing that I love that he does is he wakes up early, he spends time with me. Um, but then he leaves early in the morning and then he comes home late at night. You know, he, he, I can tell that he feels satisfied with what he's done in a Mm -hmm. day. Um, he's very confident in who he is and he's very confident in, who I am as an extension to him as, as a partner. Um, my ex-boyfriend, for instance, I had this huge promotion and I was killing it at work. I was be- very successful. Um, and they had this dinner. And uh, when they announced my promotion, everyone was cheering but him. And it, it was very obvious. And it was very embarrassing, to be honest. And uh, other people that I work with had mentioned like, hey, what was going on with your ex or ex? Uh, I don't want to say his yeah. name, but you know what, I mean? what was going ex. on with your boyfriend? Yeah. Uh, you know, he seemed to, I'm like, oh, he was just going through something that day. But I had to make excuses for him. Right. Because he was not confident 
at all because I was just doing better than him at the time. Because misery loves company. Ex- so if he's it, miserable, it, he's not going to cheer for your success. Exactly. And uh, with my current boyfriend, it's I don't ever have to worry about that because like he's successful in his own right. He's definitely he works very hard, and I like seeing that. Like I said, my exes were do nothings, like mm-hmm. bright ideas, did nothing. Um, and when I do accomplish something at work, like he does recognize me, which right. I do appreciate. There are three things that you said about this current relationship that sounds like he let you basically like be you, which I feel like every girl wants. It's like, I want to be me and not be judged or taken down or condescended or whatever. Playing devil's advocate. When you were saying, like, I have very particular things, like, I like this in a certain way. I don't want him to eat this or this or this. I like that he's gone that long. Some people would say you sound controlling. Oh, absolutely. What do you say to that? Um, It's <laughs> it's funny because so is he. He's controlling, but in very, very specific aspects. So my controlling... Things are like I'm OCD. I like very a very clean home. Um, I like cooking a specific way. I am controlling for sure in those aspects. But the things that I'm controlling in aren't like I'm not trying to change a person. I'm just right. trying to enhance your life. You okay. know, right? Um, and the things that he's controlling in have no bearing on who I am as a person. The things he's controlling is like, basically he doesn't want anyone touching his electronics. <laughs> okay. So see, it's he's not like, like, he's like, let me see your phone. No. I need to see who you're talking oh, to. Oh, absolutely not. Like, no, not at all. I think he's very confident in our relationship and mm-hmm. definitely has no, he's not, he doesn't think I'm step like right now, right. like we're here together. He's like right. waiting at me at home and I'm like, Oh, I'm hanging out with Chelsea. He's like, great. I'm going to go play video games. Right. Like, He's like alone time. <laughs> exactly. Which I like, but, um, but he, I don't know. We controlling wise. It's like, I would almost say, and I'm sorry to cut you off because no, I feel like please. now that I'm saying it out loud, it's like, you just have your ways and you don't want them to interfere with them. And that makes you who you are. But it's not like, you better do this or I'm like fucking holding it, you up on the cross to bear and you're going to be like crucified for this. Well, and that's the thing where I said where I was like, I want someone to match me. That mm-hmm. I don't believe opposites attract. So that's where he matches me. Mm-hmm. Like um, we, for instance, like I said, I, lo- I love to work out. So right. is he. And I love to cook healthy. He is one of, he's a blessed man like every other guy who can like basically work out and just eat whatever he wants I'm not that kind of person so I eat super healthy but because of that he's like oh I'll eat healthy with you he does not mind whatever I cook no complaints he always acts like whatever I cook was made by the pope sent down from Jesus like I made my ex (laughs) I have to tell the story really quick it's so funny I made my ex tilapia which is already disgusting <laughs> and i threw so much adobo salt on it that he literally almost spit it out he was like what is this and i was so offended because you know cooking for someone yeah, you want course. them to love your food of course and he could tell he was trying to be so nice he's like just a little salty and i was like i was so upset for like the rest of the weekend i was like you don't like my cooking oh my gosh absolutely so i know how big it is to be like like the fact that he praises your cooking is like 
already like a checkbox because you're like okay we're fine oh he literally has like an orgasm every time i cook it's hilarious and it's funny because the time like he'll be like oh oh my god kim oh amazing amazing and you're like he does the salad so exactly (laughs) and like the next time if he doesn't like do that but he'll be like oh this is so good i'm like but you're not having an orgasm and he's like but it is amazing like yeah and and then also he's always like can you teach my mom how to make this so yeah if you're never like like it, because there's there's weekends where he'll like go back to where he's from yeah. in Tampa. We're in Orlando now. He'll like go back to Tampa, or when we both go back to Tampa, like he'll spend time with his mom, right? And she'll cook him dinner, and she'll be like, he'll it's it actually like makes me feel good about myself because yeah, be like, hey Kim made this this weekend. Can you make it for me? Yeah. <laughs> like so that like that feels really good, right. you and know. It kind of goes back to your words of affirmation thing. Exactly. And it also goes back to the communication thing as well. Yes. So, like I said before, he said that he wasn't a good communicator. And I thought I was a good communicator because, I, like I said, I'm very confident in who I am. I have no issue telling anyone how I feel, whatever. And then the older I got, the more I'm like, you know, not everyone really likes to hear everything that you're saying. And then um, I started going to a therapist. I had actually been to one before. This one wasn't so much like mental health related. Well, I guess that you could say it was. Mm-hmm. It was more sort of like keep me in check and just like have a bouncing board and basically someone to be like, hey, Kim, like sometimes you're not always. It's kind of and, to, like, like break the patterns you have that are destructive. Yes. And uh, this is almost like a life coach really mm-hmm. um and for me i specifically chose her because she had um was a marriage and family therapist and she dealt with communication with with mm-hmm. relationships and i wanted to do better in that within my love relationships friendship personal just basically everything and um one thing she said was like you know you yes you can tell anyone that you want but the thing is and she said this to me and i was like sounds kind of douchey but when you really think about it it was like whoa so she said you know kim yes you can tell people how you feel how you you know if if something goes wrong you're willing to say things that doesn't mean that that's correct um you know you're an over communicator you need to learn how to communicate properly through the right channels Kind of like commercials. Commercials like, hey, these are the people that we're disseminating information to from 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. to like 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. These, This is our demographic. She's like, you have to know the people and the language that you're speaking to. Um, and she's like, you also want to be, and this is what I, like I, my biggest takeaway was, was you, always, you also want to be someone that other people want to be with. Oh, I love that. And I'm like, at first I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Who doesn't like, want, who bitch, the fuck does I want to be with me, bitch? Like, yeah, fuck like, you. Back up. <laughs> but then she like broke it down and she's like, well, aren't there, has there ever been anyone that you've been like, gosh, I really don't want to hang out. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone. Right. You're like, a lot of people. <laughs> and she's like, exactly. Like, and what were their traits? What did they do? Do you ever find traits in yourself that maybe you wouldn't want to hang out with and I'm like oh absolutely and after that it's funny because I started like breaking it down into also like finding a partner Mm -hmm. and finding a partner in my current boyfriend is I also want to be a person that someone wants to be with me right just like she said so if I were to date myself 
what do what I hate about myself. Ooh, that's a good exercise. Yeah. It's and it's let me tell you, it's kind of like a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. What would you hate about yourself? What would you want to date? What right. would you want to leave out? And when I really started breaking it down like that, I was like, well shit. I there's a not a lot of things, but there's things that I certainly would want to change mm-hmm. just for the betterment of myself. And that's when I actually started having a more really amazing relationship with my current boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Before everything was great. There was I knew that I I wanted to be with him. Mm-hmm. Like from the very beginning. There was there is something about how basically he was me as a male. Uh so many things aligned, our morals aligned, uh our lifestyle aligned. Everything. Right. The only thing that we differed on was I loved skincare. Sephora is my like mothership. And he played video games all the time. Funny enough, I my my stepdad, who's basically my father, like I'd mentioned, is the video game player of the century. He was named it by the Guinness Book World Records. Oh my god! So <laughs> I was like, oh, so I grew so up. It's a real title. Yes. Yeah, so I grew up in video games. So it's not far off for me. And whenever I would do skincare, he'd be like, "So what are you doing?" And now sometimes he does my skincare yeah, regimen. Skincare routine. Yeah, and then you know. We and when I said before, like we do things separate together. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll play video games on his Switch, not on his like PlayStation. I'll sit there and watch The Bachelor, right? And he'll still engage with me on the show. And but we're doing our own thing, but together, you right. know. And it's and that's only twenty or thirty percent of a relationship, right? So we're still different. We still can spend our own time apart and be our own person. But for me, what's important is that. I see a life with this person, like longevity. Right. And the only way you're going to do that realistically is being basically the same as the other person. Right. Because at some point, like, I feel like the first two, maybe even three years, you can get by being like, we have our own interests. I go hiking. You do video games, whatever it is. Like, my first ex from college and I were like that people do this they're like I don't get how you guys dated because he was a hippie rode a bicycle like wanted to live in a van I was like hate hiking would never camp whatever but we had very similar like outlooks on life like to this day that was actually one of the more mature relationships I had but when it came to like longer term interests he was like I would love to go hiking for three months and I was like I would rather die (laughs) and so to your point it's like yes opposites can attract but are we gonna spend the rest of our lives together exactly hiking or watching tv probably not because you don't like to do that and I don't like to do that um but going back to what you were saying about like there is a part of you that wants to date someone similar but is there ever a part of you that's like okay we're actually so similar that this could be annoying after like 10 years that we're just going to be doing the same things all the time? Or is that to you that's like, no, that's what would make this relationship work? So I can see how that would happen in certain relationships, but I'm a very sarcastic person. And sometimes my sarcasm to other people can come off as like being super bitchy um, or rude. And or it, he's very sarcastic and he'll make jokes. And he'll say something to me and I'll say something to him. And for for the most part, like if I were to read text messages to you or to other people about like what we say, they'd be like, these people are really fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like for us, we're literally Words. laughing, you know, it's like nothing. Like we're just going back and forth. It's like banter for us. Right. And that's huge. Banter is huge for us. Um, 
What was your question? Just that, like, <laughs> after having such similar interests, yeah. would that kill the relationship after a while? No. there. I feel like if you're with the right person, you could truly never be bored. And I actually tell him this. Like, um, I, like... I actually continuously thank him for being so entertaining because yes, I've been so bored in relationships. I get bored quick or not quickly, but like there are times where I'm like, Oh my God, like the same shit over and over Back to the same old, but because like how we jive together and how our banter is and just how we are as a couple, like there really is never a boring day. Mm -hmm. Like there might be the same things happening, but like there's different jokes and I don't know. We just make it different. Yeah. We, we truly just make it different. And to your point, it sounds like your last few relationships where you were so into that healthy lifestyle, they were almost like br- bringing you down about it. Whereas this one, if you're like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do Pilates and tomorrow yoga. He'd be like, great. Can I come to one of them? Not like, ha ha, what? You're working out again? That's exactly. So like, and there are, like I, there are times, like I was telling you before, like I want to sit around and eat omo cream pies and he's like, you're going to be, feel like shit about that tomorrow like get Mm -hmm. your ass up and let's go do something right which I need that he's he's very challenging to me sometimes I like get pissed off about it and I take it for granted but that's actually what I need a relationship like I was saying about my past few relationships they just like told me how wonderful I was it wasn't challenging at all they never challenged me and I was just like that's when I was kind of like a slug you're like oh yeah. What's the difference you think between someone challenging you and someone bringing you down or like questioning you? Does that make sense? Yes. So challenging me is more so like, um, like I said, if I'm like trying to be lazy or do something that like I know I should be doing, they're going to be like, no, get it, get your ass up. Let's do this. Or they're going to question why I'm not doing something that I should be doing. Whereas uh, the opposite, it's like almost like being condescending or just like inhibiting Mm -hmm. things that are going to get in the way of my goals. What about if you were like, I don't want to work out today. I'm literally just want to watch The Bachelor and eat eight oatmeal cream pies. And he was like, that's fine. Would the next day, would you be like, wow, I really wish she challenged me? Or thank God he like, let me just have that moment to myself. <laughs> no, because the only day that he ever lets me do that is when I'm on my period. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so you, but you like, like he that. Knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah. And that works for you though. Yeah, it does. Like I, he, I don't know what it is. He actually, he can like, he knows when something's going on with me. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Other guys will like know that like, oh, something's a little off and they'll be just like, well, Ignore I don't want to deal with it. Right. He will be like why are, the what deal? the fuck like why are you right going? and like i said he's not a good he thinks he's not a good good communicator but he is because he'll dig into things he'll right. ask me um also like going back to my things are words of affirmation mm-hmm. he's again he, verbally he's not a good communicator but in other aspects he truly is and how he shows me he loves me is which is a huge like was deal breakers in other relationships with him. It's like a green flag all the way, like right. raise that shit up. So yeah. that it's like the top of the foggy night nation style. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, the pole. there's like, there's little things. And I feel like with every woman, the, these were like a breaker in a relationship, mm-hmm. little things like that drove them so nuts, even though they were so little that they were right. like, fuck this. So for me, I'm super OCD. I need you to talk close the the top lid of a 
toilet before you told you me this it. yes <laughs> i'm like psychotic like to me all i picture is like the shit particles flying okay, everywhere this is so funny you told me this last week at happy hour ever <laughs> since you said that i've been doing it <laughs> exactly you, you sent me that visual and i was like wait that is gross <laughs> it's so nasty so it goes over your toilet paper, your loofah, every anything that's in the bathroom, your towel that's hanging dry oh. has shit all over it, people. Get with it. Close so the top of your toilet. A crusader for turning <laughs> down that toilet lid. Exactly. So I have told my ex-boyfriends this so many times where I'm like, I'm gonna go to prison for murder if I have to delete right. this one more time. I told my my current boyfriend this once. And that was it. Anything that I ever tell him that bothers me, because he knows I'm OCD. Like, that's his love language. He Mm -hmm. will just fix that shit. Right. And I'm okay with that. Don't tell me how wonderful I am. If you're fixing things that give me anxiety that I don't have to have anxiety for. Right. Like. Amen. Oh, my gosh. And I will say this is the least anxious, the most comfortable like not, I feel like comfortable is kind of maybe like have has, has a negative connotation in relationships, but like in this aspect, I just have no anxiety. That's how comfortable I feel like. No red flags, no qualms, which is yeah usually the signal of a healthy relationship. Exactly, and the only red flag I ever had, like I said, had to do with me, mm-hmm. how I wanted to be towards my partner. Like that, it was a red flag. Like, well, shit, this isn't what I would want in a relationship, and this is how I'm acting. I right. need to change that. Yeah. That's, it's so funny you're saying all this because it sounds like a lot, what both of you have is confidence that when he is like, hey, like maybe don't eat 20 cream pies, like let's go running, (laughs) that you're like, yeah, you're right, like I'm going to go work out. Yeah. Whereas in the past, someone insecure would be like, I can't believe, are you calling me fat? Like, do you think I need to work out? (laughs) Like, and then to the opposite point, if you're calling him out on something, he's not like, let me just live my life. Like, why don't you just back off? He's like, mm, I respect you enough to change that. Oh, yeah. And so don't get me wrong. Like, if I'm on my period and he says that to me, I'm like, bitch. But like any other three weeks of the month, I'm right. like, you're right. <laughs> and so it's like a confidence within both of yourselves and each other. Oh, yeah. Because going back to something you said is he doesn't put you on a pedestal like a lot of past boyfriends did which I think a lot of insecure people do, both guys and girls, I've done this, where if I'm insecure and I'm dating someone that I think is confident, I'm putting them on a pedestal. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm dating him. I'm going to like kiss the ground he walks on. I'm oh, yeah. so happy to be with him. I will make anything work. Where on the flip side, I can recognize an insecurity and be like, I'm about to run this guy. Like I am going to be cracking the whip. I'm calling all the shots. And having that type of very imbalanced relationship is a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. So I want you to talk about what changed from your last few relationships to this, where you recognize, I don't want that like pedestal imbalance anymore. So I think it, I honestly just like became bored of having that all the time, like being told I was amazing, like no challenge, nothing. It was just like the same. When you're in that, it's like so monotonous. It's just the same 24-7. Whereas, you know, my current boyfriend has told me like how amazing he is, how he feels, how I make him feel confident going out with him, you Mm -hmm. know, like which makes me feel good. And he is, you know, will tell me things about that will build my confidence. He does give me the words of affirmation. I will say that. But he also puts me in my place Mm -hmm. just like I would anyone else. In my past relationships, I would put them in their place and they'd be like, oh, okay. You know, and be like meek little mice running away. Whereas my current one, like, you know, I almost actually don't even like if I put him in his place, it's like in a joking way 
because he's just so confident and so am I that I don't know you don't it's almost like you wouldn't even call like putting in your place yeah exactly like I I wouldn't I wouldn't even do that at all right it's just more so like I said we match like it's almost like I set this boundary you set this boundary I respect it you respect it we're done with this conversation exactly not like you better "Mm, listen up because I'm about to lay the law down (laughs) which is what a lot of people do when they're younger it's like my way of the highway Exactly. And, you know, also because we're older, he's going to be 32. I'm Mm going to be 31. There are things that are, you know, things almost that we feel like we have to discuss way sooner Mm because you feel this like social pressure of like moving in together, getting married, like, especially like with parents too, you know, Mm -hmm. the older we get, the quicker that they feel like we need to do things. And with him and I, like, I will admit, I feel, I do feel a little bit of pressure, not from on the outside aspect though, but from me. Cause like, I do want to be with him. Like I, you know, before I'm like, oh, I want to be with this person, but there were red flags where mm-hmm. with him, it's like, shit. Like, I hope he doesn't think any red flags in me. Cause I really want to be with him. Right. Like, there's this no is- red flags. Like for me, this is it, you know? Yeah. And it's also very scary because then, like I said, I have that other side. Like, well, shit, do you think any red flags of me? Like, yeah. I don't want to be blindsided. Not that I don't think you'd ever would. And also, like we said, you know when it's coming. Um, and again, the older you get, the more... It, there's For me, it's like an internal pressure. Yes. That I think, like, well, shit, like, if we break up, well, I'm going to be a 31 year old single gal going into another relationship and not that that's one thing that I've also took away from my past relationship is no matter what age that I am I need to stop putting my pressure on having to do things Mm -hmm. because when you do that you're forcing your relationship so if we do break up I'm not or you know if I see things happening I'm just gonna end it then right and I have cut the head off of the of the snake if you will Several times before him and I started dating with other people, like short-term dating, if you will, because I just didn't want to waste time. Right. And that's also one thing that I do bring up with him is like, you know, we, we've been making major decisions lately, moving in together, uh, making just basically steps in our relationship where this is going to be it, like mm-hmm. we're going to be together forever. Um, and we've had discussions and it's definitely been more mature than my past relationships. I will say that. And to your point, like there is something to be said about societal pressure because I, I even talked about this in my last podcast too. Like I've never felt that way. I'm like, I'm independent. I can get married whenever I want, but I don't know what it was like this last few months. I was like, wait, every single person I hang out with has a very serious, significant other, like it does, there is something weird where you start questioning yourself, like, wait, did I not, like, choose right? Did I have bad judgment? Am I making the wrong decisions? Why haven't I found someone Absolutely. serious? Absolutely. Even, like, right now, I'm in, I'm in a, I'm happiest I've ever been in a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I love who I'm with. Like, I couldn't have picked a better life partner if God didn't bring him to me myself. Right. Um, or to himself. But I do have this, like, pressure in my mind, like... Like, you know, am I making the right decision? If I don't, like, what if this goes wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, there's so many questions I still ask myself. And it's funny, I'm not questioning my relationship. I'm questioning my own internal timeline. Yes. It's so stupid. It is stupid, but it is, I think that's one of the 
horrible things about dating now is there's social media. Like you said, in the past, we didn't have to deal with any of that. And now you see, even though half the time we know it's fake, everyone's all of a sudden getting married and they're on honeymoons and everyone's living their best life. And really like, again, like you said, it's societal pressure, but it's like us, we're Mm -hmm. putting it on ourselves. Ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, you don't need to do that because to your point, you trust him. Everything's good. Like I heard this from another podcast where the girl was like, instead of looking at what if, look at what is. Yes. Like, look at what is your life. Like, you found someone that challenges you, that you are very attracted to, both, both physically, mentally, oh, yeah. spiritually. You're on the same page. So it's like, why create these problems to almost like subconsciously self-sabotage when instead oh, of just looking and at it the I, other way. And I, like, especially when I'm going through my lovely, lovely monthly cycle. <laughs> I like there's this one friend that I call her name is Sarah and she'll be like Kim you're being a psycho right now like shut the fuck up because I am like especially during that time I'll like start questioning everything like what am I what's going on oh my god what's my life purpose exactly like Um, I just go through this like existential crisis for literally like 48 hours where I like try to self-sabotage everything and question everything and it's just like Kim calm the fuck down yeah like because also to the point where I'm saying, like, everything has been great. Like, I think, like, it's been too great. What What's going on? You know, him and I have been together for almost two years. It's getting to the point where, like, you know, we're going to move forward to steps where this is going to be more permanent. Right. Which is very scary for me. Again, mm-hmm. I come from a family of divorce. Yeah. And for me, that is a very, very serious commitment. Mm-hmm. So, to that point, I'm like, I'll... There are, there are times where I question almost everything, and it's not because our relationship is not going well, but because I am terrified. Yeah, because your past is real. Yeah, and I'm also gonna lose something that I do not. I'm. I would never want to lose. Right, and it is. A, it's not a two week commitment. It's the rest of your life. <laughs> it it's is not the rest a like. Of your life. It probably is one of the biggest, if not biggest, decisions you'll make in your life. Is who are you gonna spend the rest of your life mm-hmm. with? So it's not a choice that I I actually think you should give yourself credit for having that many questions. Because if you're like, no, it's fine. We're good. We're getting married. People, you might down the line be like, why didn't I think about all these outcomes? Well, people don't question it enough. Um, I had a guy friend get married and he was telling me um, that he, before he walked down the aisle, he like was like, what the fuck am I doing? And they got a divorce nine months later. And that's just not what I want. Mm -mm. The last thing, you you obviously never know what's going to happen. Like we said, shit, my boyfriend could come out as gay 20 years from now. We're getting married. You never know. But, (laughs) but the thing is, is with me, like I said, my parents got divorced when I was young, Mm -hmm. very young. I was like three or four years old and people always said, oh, well, you know, divorce never affected you because they got divorced when you were so young, but that's not true. It affected Mm. my entire life. Every time I had a dance recital, cheerleading competition, a graduation, Mm. I always had to think about where they were going to sit. Who do I say hi to first? Essentially, every single milestone that I had in my life became about their feelings Mm -hmm. and not my accomplishment. And that that feeling was honestly such a great cloud over my life and I hate hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this or my my dad well my dad you know passed away like I said but it it was it it just made a significant impact on my life to the point where I never ever ever want to get a divorce um again that's not something that I could ever know that's not going to happen like it could totally happen but I have made that very clear to my 
partner to my current boyfriend that that's if there's any like a shadow of a, of a doubt in his mind right that he does not want to be with me he needs to make that known immediately mm-hmm. because I'm not willing to put my kids through what I went through right just to you know have a, some sort of like half-assed relationship. Right. I kind of like you always talk about your parents just being like the ideal relationship that you look up to and idolize. That is, you said marriage isn't a goal, but that is actually my goal to be an example right. for my children to show them this is what love is. And like, mm-hmm. that's hard to kind of like be, that's not a goal because you can't, you can't yeah. guarantee that, you yeah. know? And it's just, but it is something that I hope to be for them if you that would, makes sense yes and i feel like when i said that in my last podcast i also should have clarified like people have different definitions of goals you know what i mean like the, yeah. the word goal is subjective and, anyway exactly. and i don't even think that's a goal it's just something that i want to have for my children right. like you know? when you look back you're like it's not a personal goal it's a goal for them yes and you can be like when i look back in my life if if i passed away and i saw everything flash before my eyes you would want to see, yes, I did have a very happy marriage. I had a very happy family. I had happy kids. That's something that you would want yep. to flash before your eyes. Exactly. And so in that regard, it's like, it's not a goal. It's just something you want out of life. I think a goal is like, I'm just going to start working out because I want to lose 10 pounds. Uh, yes. and, this, like, and that's what I was saying. And like, it's yeah. not for well, me. Well, for me as well, goal is like, you, there's an attainable measure. Exactly. You're measuring something, you're going to reach it. And then you heighten that like goal make a and process you move on. exactly to hit it yes whereas like right now when i met my that was like as i'm being single i'm not preparing myself to be a wife i'm not yes. taking steps to be a mom like i'm not i'm not practicing being really a mom. it's just making yourself a better human exactly so that when any of those things do come you're prepared for that absolutely outcome. i want to end on three different topics that are very important in any relationship okay the first one is trust as we talked about, I've excuse me, I've talked about in my last podcast and podcasts before. I haven't really had a, a lot of trust issues because a I haven't been in a lot of serious relationships. My last one there was a trust issue, mm-hmm. and I snooped through his phone. Yes. Then I would like start stalking his Instagram and see who he was following, and I would see new girls and like who are these girls, and I just started having a trust issue. How have you? looked at trust in all relationships and like has that been an issue and what is the status now with your current boyfriend and trust so like i've been very confident like i said before i feel like trust hasn't ever really been an issue for me um with my current boyfriend i will say that there hasn't it hasn't been a trusting it's more been like a confidence issue where if friends like I don't know what it is, ladies, you know how this is, like, the time of the month, like, I just, I become a different fucking monster. Mm-hmm. So, and he is not a social media person also. That's one thing that helps with my confidence and my I trust bet. is he, I don't even, I don't remember the last time he sent into Facebook. Like, if you look at his Facebook, his, he doesn't post anything. People mm-hmm. probably think he's dead. On Instagram, I think he has like 40 something followers and he, or, uh, and then the people that he follows is like all sports people, golf people, like Florida state, that's right. it. And me and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are people that he does follow that like bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when I have expressed that to him, um, I have noticed that he has unfollowed them. He didn't tell me that he has, but he has, and that's one thing that I think, like, 
with trust in our relationship is that if I ever tell him something bothers me, for instance, like the toilet, he fixes it. If I mm-hmm. said like, I don't like you following this person, he fixes it. And we do, I also like, pre, I didn't give him a rule or anything, but his, he has a twin brother and he, his brother is married. And I said, if your brother follows this whore, whomever, and you know, the Instagram models, right. I call them whores. Because they basically are. (laughs) They're whoring themselves out to the public. Let's be honest, you know. Um, I'm like, if your brother follows them and he's married and his wife's okay with it, you can follow them. And it wasn't a rule that I had to instill because he followed a bunch of people. It's just something that I fucking said. Um, And and again, anytime I was always like, or ever said, you follow that person? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, ew. He automatically would be like, well, I think in his head is like, I don't want my significant other thinking any less of me because I follow this right. person. And for him, I honestly truly think like he's not following them because they're like sexy or anything. It's just like a similar interest and it's a girl, especially since he probably followed this person way before I ever right. came around. Um, but ever since, anytime I ever mention anything, he he fixes it. And same thing with me. If he says I'm, he's not comfortable with me following, I fix. Like I'm like, all right, I don't yeah, ever want I'm you to feel argue. exactly done. Like I feel in relationships, there are certain things. Like if if you're not gonna do something to make your significant other comfortable, there's something wrong with you. Exactly, you're if hiding he something. Got defensive and was yes. like, "Why do you care so much?" Exactly, just random girls. No, I'm you're... gonna do whatever the fuck I want. You would be like, "Why are you so defensive?" Yeah, and for you, with if you're gonna defend that, there's something deeper. Mm-hmm. You are hiding something. You want something more. You're seeing what you can get away with. Exactly, early on. exactly, and it's. It, that's the that's why I really too trust him is because mm-hmm. he's like well shit fuck I don't care yeah and then this was just like someone I was following before I even freaking yeah. was dating you I'll right. get rid of them I don't care so um I don't know like to answer your question let's be honest trust especially a women's intuition you just know it's in your it's in your gut mm-hmm. um I've never really had an issue with trust in him. I've never felt the need like you and I were out to dinner the other day and one of our girlfriends was like, I snoop through my boyfriend's phone. I hold his phone up to his face while he's sleeping so I can get through his face ID on his iPhone. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you were, you and I were like, what? That is a new level of snooping. I would never think about doing that ever, 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 ever. Like I, it's funny because his, recently his phone was going off He, and he uh, last night and he was like, is that my phone or your phone going off? Because he was like playing video games and he just heard it. I'm like, that's your phone. My phone's on silent. And he, he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, so who's texting you? And him and I just started busting out laughing yeah, like right like, away. This is a joke. Because like it's either me, his brother, or his mom. Right. Like, you know, Siri gives you serious suggestions of who you should be texting throughout the day or calling or mm-hmm. whatever. And every day it's I should be texting him. His mom, his mom, right. or my friend Sarah. Like those are the only suggestions I get. And same thing with him. It's me, his mom, or his brother. Like, so no, I, I trust. I've never really, I've never really had that issue. And it almost thankfully. feels like going back to your point of like intuition and, and a gut feeling. Yes. Like the reason I snooped wasn't like, oh, you know what? I'm bored. I have nothing to do. I felt like something was wrong. 
And so I was looking for evidence to support my You know when you're not getting 100% of the attention from your significant other. And just the way he would act when I questioned something or get defensive. And I was like, why wouldn't you just unfollow these people? If they're looking at someone else, if they're talking to someone else, they're going to be looking at you differently and they're going to be talking to you differently. Yes. You know. You just know. You know. I know him like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. There are times where he's texting me at work and I'm like, are you taking a shit right now? And he's like, how do you know? Because I fucking know him. Yeah. I know know him. I literally know every pattern. Mm -hmm. So if he strays outside of that, I'm going to know. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you don't, sometimes you don't need the actual proof. But I feel like in my relationship, because we were long distance, I felt like I needed to, like, back up my feeling. Because we didn't know each other on level. We didn't live together. We didn't live in the same city. But, like, I knew, like, there's something that changes where you're you're talking differently, you're acting differently. What is that whole saying? Walks like a duck. Yeah quacks like a duck is a duck. I don't even know exactly so that was my issue but like as I've grown up I'm like if I want to snoop then I shouldn't just be I literally should end the relationship absolutely I don't need to be in there absolutely if you feel like you need to snoop there's something underlying in your relationship yeah. that you need to address a hundred percent the second thing I want to ask you about is getting over fights because I have a really hard time with this where this is something I'm still learning I feel like this is why I still want to work on myself is like I don't like being wrong and not in a way of like I need to win every argument but I I hate actually straight up saying like you are totally right I'm in the wrong let's move forward because there was a time in that argument where I felt right does that make sense like I'm like I'm arguing with you because this is my stance I don't want to change my stance yeah so like when you guys are arguing a, do you even have big fights or is it small things? And B, how do you get over them? <laughs> so it's funny because you asked me this question before and I was like, Mark, do we argue? And he's like, no. So, so I actually don't even know how to answer this question because we actually don't argue. You don't have super big fights. No. Has he ever okay, hit so, below the belt? Um, No, I have. Okay. So it's when you said super big fights, it has been... When I, okay, the really the only big fight that we've had was when we were drinking and I was just not like, basically I was like looking to pick a fight to see how he would react. Everyone fucking does it. And oh, I was a hundred percent in the fault. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I woke up and was like, I was a fucking asshole. I'm yeah. so sorry. Like, and I completely owned up to it. And he was, and he, because we know each other so well, he like knew that wasn't me. Like he knew that like, that was, was just, just completely like, out of character. But he, you know, at the same token, it does also make you think like, what the fuck is like, why is my partner doing this? Like, right. should this be like, a red flag? Me? Exactly. And for me, like when I said internal red flags of like who you don't, do not want to be, that's like after I woke up the next day, I was like, oh, fucking right. Kim. Like no matter what it is and no how, matter how strong your relationship is, your significant other is always going to think about like things like that. And mm-hmm. you have to keep that in mind when having a fight or picking things or saying things. You want to make sure that like, you know, words, you can never take back words. And Oof. I always say that. I always say that. I'm a bit, I think that is the same for both of us because our love language is words of affirmation. Yes. So if like someone says one cuss word, razor word, I'm like, I shut down. I'm like, we're done. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. Well, like I said, we've never just, we've never gotten to an argument. And the one 
big like fight that we did have, I'm going to a thousand percent own and say that it was me. Cause like I said, like he's not really like a, he's a communicator in other aspects with me. It's words. So I definitely picked that one. And I was just like, recognize it the next day. I knew when it was happening, I was picking it basically. Yeah. I mean, almost anytime someone gets in an argument, yeah. you start at some point to realize like, okay, wait, I am in the wrong, but then you just don't want to back down. You're exactly. like, you know what? Well, I'm already locked into this argument. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. I'm not going to all of a sudden switch my stance. And, and it was that's... on something that I was like pushing him and pushing him on that he had like warned me previously that he needs time to think about. And for me, I'm such a decisive person. Like, I just make a decision and go. Right. Which, so you're like, let's yeah, get it he going. Ad- he, it's funny because he admires me for that. But at the same time, like, the, he's a little bit the opposite in that aspect. Right. And I have to admire that he does take the time to think about things yeah. thoroughly. Sometimes it is like your best qualities are also your worst faults. Yes. A hundred percent. And that totally is with me. And then the last thing I want to touch on is... How do you keep each other happy, especially if you're in a bad mood? Because like we talked about, not everything is sunshine and rainbows. I have shitty days at work where I'm like, that sucked. I'll get in a fight with my sister or my brother or a coworker or someone said something shitty to me or I'm feeling down about my image. Like there's a million things that we see in and out every day that can put you in a bad mood. What do you, what are things that he does to put you in a good mood and vice versa? All right. So things that he does he, like I said, like, you know, communication style is completely different. So if I'm not feeling well and I tell him like, I had a shitty day, like he'll sit down and like completely talk to me about like, and listen, what, what did I, you know, what I went through that day, what happened? He'll like commiserate with me on like shitty aspects. And he'll also do things for me. Like I'll just be like, be sitting there and he'll bring me like a glass of wine. Just like things that basically are out of the norm that we wouldn't do on a, like a regular basis. Right. Um, for him, if I know that he's having a bad day, um, he, one of his acts of service is just like doing things around the house, like cleaning and I'm super OCD. So that for us, like partnership wise, like aligns Mm -hmm. so well. I'm OCD and he loves a clean place, but he doesn't really like to pick up after himself too much, even though he does a little bit. Um, so there's days where he like, I know he's having a bad day and he's coming home. So if I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to like clean up, I'll spray like Clorox in the air. And just smells clean. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) And he'll come home and right away be like, babe, did you clean? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And he'll be like, oh my gosh. And like literally, like he'll be bitching all over. Like it's funny because every, we we're together 24 seven. Right. Like the only day that we're really not hanging out is Sundays. He does his own thing. I do my own thing, but I just healthy. That, I, oh, absolutely. I do not. We do our own thing or t- we're together 24 seven or 24 six, I guess you would say. Yes. So, um, there. You spray Clorox in the air. Yeah. There is like some, there is something specific I was going with this, but basically like. Like, I just, like, know, like, that he, when he's in a bad mood, I could just, like, feel it. Right. So You, at this point, spend so much time together, you can sense instantly when something's exactly. wrong. Exactly. So, he, like, comes home, and there's Clorox in the air. And a little like, spritz. And he, it just, like, changes the vibe. Changes it's the so vibe. funny you say that, because. It's just, like, and it's the little things. It's, like, you know, you want to, like, put, and not to, not to interrupt you. Oh, but, like, you're fine. No, so, like, for me, like, you can do anything, 
to just make me comfortable and I'm okay with it. If you have to lie to me about something, just like make me feel good about, you know. And it's, right. it, again, it's like a white lie. Like mm-hmm. for instance, like I told him I cleaned, but really I just made Clorox in the air to make him like happy in that moment right. and to like take away his anxiety. If you can do something minimal for me to take away my anxiety, like that means the world to me, you know? And right. I know it does for him because he's like, just like me, like we're both kind of like anxiety filled right. people. And yeah, that Clorox spray could fucking change, change a whole Turn fucking week. Turn around the whole mood. I love oh, that. Oh yeah. I feel like, cause I want to speak to this from a single perspective. Cause a lot of people are like, you learn a lot of this while you're in a relationship. Like what can a single person do if they're not really, like, how can I practice all these things? It's like, what can you do for your coworkers or your family or your parents that you could bring in a relationship? And it's funny you say the whole cleaning thing because even you coming over tonight, my roommate is very particular as well. She loves a clean house. And I knew when you came over and that when she comes home tomorrow, she likes things very clean. The dishes were stacked up. Like the house is a mess. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the dishes. I'm wiping things down with the essential oil spray because it smells (laughs) amazing. And I'm folding that one blanket so that when she walks in, she doesn't feel like this house is in chaos. Both of you guys, where I was like, okay, I didn't need to have a boyfriend to learn that. It's like, I just know how you guys are and I want to make it look somewhat inviting and make you guys comfortable so you don't feel like you're in an anxious space. But that's something that like, I would have never known how to not had this roommate because I lived alone for four years in Chicago. Absolutely. And it honestly, if you want to be successful in any relationship, I always say it always starts with listening. Mm -hmm. So I'm in sales I actually led a sales team. And before I led a sales team, uh, one thing that made me successful that my boss told me is that I need to listen. And you you need to stop anticipating what the other person is going to say. Because when you do that, when you're anticipating what someone's going to say when they're talking to you, you're thinking about you what your rebuttal is going to be. Mm-hmm. So instead, when you're thinking about what you're going to you're going to reply, you're completely ignoring everything that they're saying because you're thinking about your response. Yeah, you're just building it up in your and head. not what you're saying. So you're missing cues that actually could help you in the long run. And so a big thing for me, and it's so stupid and so cliche, but like listening is the absolute relationship winner or killer yeah you have to listen to the significant other like it's funny because like people are like i don't know what to get my significant other like for valentine's day or christmas or whatever like women are so easy if you just listen to them they say i want probably five times a day yes you know like but or i like or just like i want to go to dinner here and then like a day later the guy's like i don't know where to make a reservation like like, yeah you fucking do always talk about that one restaurant yes exactly so really listening, even if it's just for 10% of the day, mm-hmm. just listen to them. Like, especially when they come home from work, that's when they're going to like, just Dump let it you. out on. Exactly. So there's one relationship advice that I could ever give. It's just listen to them the 10 minutes that they get home from work. I love that. I feel like that's a perfect ending note because I was going to ask you like, what's one piece of relationship advice? That's it. And there you go. It's listen more than you speak. And that's a hard lesson especially for people like you and I that we're outgoing yeah we are in sales half of our job is speaking and it's really hard when you're with someone for so long because you know them so well that you're going to anticipate what they want to hear right you need to like break that you need to just it's hard you just need to stop stop thinking about what you want them to 
and that was also the relationship killer in my past. And it's like, they told me what I wanted to hear. No, mm-hmm. I just want you to fucking listen to me. Right. And I wanted to give me an honest response, you know? 100%. Whether I'm complaining, saying what I want, whatever it is, just listen wholeheartedly for 10 minutes. I promise you, if you, if men could do that every single day, then every man wouldn't be complaining about getting a BJ. Oh, or not amen. getting a BJ. <laughs> like, there was... This, seriously. <laughs> wait, this literally reminds me of something I just heard today. And it was like... Women want three things to feel safe, heard, and oh, what was it? It was like they, they feel uncomfortable if it's like unseen, unsafe, and unrecognized or something. So to your point of like even that And appreciated. Yes. Like, like, oh, yeah. You want your boyfriend to be like, wow, you're killing at work. I don't know how you balance all this and a healthy lifestyle. You're like, oh, he recognizes that. Yes. That's all it takes. Versus if he's like, oh, oh you're gosh. breaking your back for what? You're like, what? Why don't you exactly. recognize this? Whereas guys, there were like three C's. It was like comfortable. I'm not even going to remember now. Of course, I was only listening to the girl side. But <laughs> guys don't want it. There's like a feminine energy and masculine energy in every relationship that you both need to be able to like balance out because you don't want to keep that like sales personality, close the deal, sharp tank. Like you don't yes. want that all the time. And at the same time, you want him to be able to like tap into his feminine side and just listen. And so there is something to be said about like, yeah. listen more than you speak. Exactly. It, and it's, and also like just from the like opposite side, if you're just listening to your partner, you're going to like, those are weapons mm-hmm. that you could use to get your way in anything and not in a manipulative way at all. Like you're, you're hearing what they want and what they, what they see and if you just utilize that like little tidbits of information, you could just have a successful relationship. But then again, that's if your morals and your beliefs align with that. A hundred percent. I love that. Well, we just went through quite a journey I know. from 2007 <laughs> all the way to 2019. I- <laughs> but I think it's so interesting to hear someone that's basically been in three very, very serious relationships that's lived with boyfriends, met families, talked about marriage. Those are all things I can't speak on at all. So it was so awesome to have you on to actually talk about all those things. I hope I can help someone out there. Yes. Contribute. <laughs> Ladies, listen more than you speak. Find someone with similar interests. Don't go snoop. What else? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Be confident in who you are. Amen. If you're confident in who you are, your partner is going to feed off of that and trust will come along with that. Love that. Well, Kim, do you want people to follow you on Instagram? Why not? I Where can people find you? Kimbot underscore slice. Kimbot underscore slice. I will put that in the show notes if you want to follow Kim and her relationship. <laughs> are you guys in the process of moving together? So we are slowly merging our lives. Definitely. Okay. Um, we picked out a house. He bought it. I... For the sake of, we are living together. We are living together. But my lease hasn't ended. I still have furniture. So officially, no. But that's what we're merging right now. So So I feel like it's a perfect time to follow you because we can see how this whole process transitions out. Absolutely. Especially now, like I'm making a conscious effort to make decisions basically for my future and what I want. So... Uh, yeah, we can always do a follow-up a year from now. Yes, living together. (laughs) I can't wait. Thanks so much, Kim, for coming on. Thanks for having me.